time to wake up. It's Saturday morning. Find some milk and cereal. Grab a bowl and spoon. No, a bigger spoon. Head to the living room and take a seat on the floor. But Joseph and Chris present to you... Saturday Morning Cartoon! This is a show where we're talking the living room for the big bowl of Hello cereal. everybody and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoon. Boom. This is a show where we plopped it on the living room floor with a big bowl of cereal and watch all your favorite cartoons, both old and new. I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. I think you mean pickles, because as of last episode, you're pickles from now on. Ah, uh, all right. I'm pickles. There you go. Good boy, pickles. And today, we watched Nickelodeon's Doug, as recommended by Nicholas Baroga, a.k.a. Anderson Council, at N.A. Baroga on Twitter. The so Doug aired from 91 to 94 originally. It had kind of a, not really a complex history, but it went from Nickelodeon to ABC when it was taken over by Disney for Disney's brand spanking new Doug. And that was from 96 to 99. The series we're covering is just a Nickelodeon version. This was created by Jim Jenkins. And for the original Nickelodeon version, there were four seasons, total of 52 episodes, produced by Jumbo Pictures on Nickelodeon and later on ABC. For a synopsis of this show, it focuses on the early adolescent life of its title character, Douglas Doug Funny, who experiences common predicaments while attending school in his new hometown of Bluffington. This was not pulled from IMDb because IMDb's description of Doug was terrible and very long. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Do you have some notable actors to name off? Yes, there is uh, especially one in particular, one very notable actor, and that is Billy West. Doesn't need a whole lot of an introduction. If you go on IMDb, he is in every cartoon you've ever seen. That's the (laughs) best way to describe it. it, it, in more recent years, you might know him as like Fry or Zoidberg from Futurama, but he does tons and tons and tons and tons of characters all over the place. So he voiced Doug and he voiced Roger Klotz in this show. We also have Fred Newman, the voice of Porkchop, Skeeter Valentine, and Mr. Dink. He also did a lot of the sound effects and a lot of the music of the show with his own voice, something he collaborated with the creator on. So you've definitely heard him which is really cool. And both of these two did a lot of various voices as well. So they are the main two that you will hear every episode, guaranteed. We also have Constance Shulman, who you might know her better as the yoga lady from Orange is the New Black, but she is the voice of Patty Mayonnaise. Those three are primarily the main voices of the entire show. There are a few others that come and go, but these are definitely the more notable ones. Yeah, definitely. So here's a few tasty marshmallows in this big bowl of Doug cereal. The Funny's Neighbor is a dink stem from the acronym DINK, which stands for Double Income No Kids, which makes sense. Yeah, okay. Because they are more well-off because they don't have anyone else to spend their money on, so they buy gadgets instead. That makes sense. Yeah. Doug is left-handed. That's I don't know if that's something you noticed or not I when he was writing. I never noticed that. Yeah, if you watch when he's writing in his journal, it's with his left hand. Huh, okay. Mm-hmm. This originated as a book called Doug Gets a New Pair of Shoes, which was created, of course, by Jim Jenkins. But no one picked up the pitch, so it was then transferred over into the animated version when Nickelodeon was looking for some independent creator-owned series to start their Nicktoons section. This, along with Ren and Stimpy and Rugrats, were the very first three. And lastly, Doug is largely inspired by Jenkins' childhood growing up in Virginia, which most of the characters are based on real individuals that he knows. Very cool. So, Chris, what memories do you have? I'm sorry. So, Pickles, what memories do you have of this show? Dang it. <laughs> um, 
So I have a lot of memories of this show. Like you said, it was one of the first Nicktoons. And the Nicktoons were kind of the cartoons that our generation watched as a kid as we were getting over things like Ninja Turtles, Transformers, Thundercats. This was kind of like the next generation of cartoons that we got into after that. And this wasn't my favorite of the Nicktoons. That is a title that will forever be held by Rocco's Modern Life. But Doug was was really good. And you know what? I, I find myself relating to it more now than I did as a kid. As a kid, I would watch it. I think I watched it mostly because it was one of the few cartoons my dad would watch with me because he thought it was funny. He would watch it. He liked it. And I was always attracted to the the music of the show and everything like that, especially with all the voices and things. That was really cool. But yeah, like I and I'll I'll get into this a little more. But as a kid, I don't think I appreciated it as much as I feel like I do now, because as a kid, I'm still like not yet having some of these experiences that Doug's having. And now as an adult, I'm like, okay, I had these experiences and now I have a better way to relate to it. So it wasn't my favorite as a kid, but I did watch it a lot and I did enjoy it. Right on. But man, do I remember Doug like this jingle is one of those songs that rolls around in my head to this day and I'll just start randomly humming it because it pops in there for no reason at all. It's that steady beat, and I think that it's actually hummed by the actual characters themselves, is what it sounds like. I believe so. Like, I, I read earlier that Fred Newman and Jim Jenkins, I believe they, they did a lot of the, the noises. They did a lot of the effects that go with the music, so a lot of the humming, the and things yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Like, that was the scat. pretty much all them, yeah. So, yeah, I think that's really awesome, too. It was very different than anything that we had seen up to that point, and it's still relatively a standout thing as far as cartoons go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't really remember specific episodes, like the happenings of the episodes from when I was watching them as a kid, but I still remembered all the characters' names. I still remembered the beat song killer tofu and i still remember relating to doug in so many ways because he is this gullible awkward kid who who makes mistakes he's you know he, he's extremely relatable i was definitely looking forward to spending some time with doug again me too i was really glad that this one got picked we've had one nicktoon so far but it was one of the later ones which was our real monsters mm -hmm. this is one of the originals so it's a lot of fun to go back and kind of revisit that part of your life along with this cartoon Absolutely. So let's jump right into the three episodes that we watched today. The very first episode, the highest rated episode, and finally, a random or listener chosen episode, in this case chosen by Anderson Council. I'm just going to call him by his alias because that's what he's known as, really, in the online world. The order that we do these episodes may depend on how they fall chronologically. So sometimes we interchange the highest rated with the listener chosen, but we always start with the very first episode, which in this case was Doug Bags and Nematode, Season 1, Episode 1. So this episode is basically about Doug and his family are moving to Bluffington and uh, Doug gets there and he realizes he doesn't know anybody. He wants to make some friends and his dad asks him to go get burgers for the family because they're starving. So he basically goes out and he's kind of uh, running into some of the characters that we're going to meet through the series as he goes on his search for burgers and gets into all kinds of hijinks, especially after he meets a certain bully of the town, Roger Glotz. 
this introduces us to Doug and his family, and it does it in such a way where we get to know right away that we're hearing these stories really from Doug's perspective as he's talking to his journal or really kind of inscribing in his journal what's going on with this whole move and the people he meets and just the feelings that he's encountering. We get to hear those. For instance, when he runs into Patty Mayonnaise for the first time, he has an immediate attraction to her. She's the athletic, friendly, I guess, cute girl with the pink polka dotted sweater on. And the former smoker voice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Her voice is very raspy. Yeah, definitely. And what Roger ends up having Doug do is try to capture this mythical creature, the nematode, which is kind of a town folktale or urban legend. And Doug, being the gullible young man that he is, immediately wants to do this to be popular amongst his peers and really to be known amongst the town that he just moved to. He starts meeting these characters. He meets Mr. Dink first and his wife, Tippy, who I just got to say, Tippy is one of my favorite characters of this show of all time <laughs> because she's so sarcastic. Oh, it's every just, line. Like, I love it. Every Everyone. line of hers is hilarious. There now, that didn't take so long, did it? No, dear, it only felt like a lifetime. She's a perfect counter to her husband's excited, always shouting. Yeah, he's really goofy. Doesn't seem like he's too bright, but he has all these really advanced technological gadgets, as we said, because he they don't have kids, so he's got a lot of money he can spend on all this crazy stuff. And you can tell she's always just kind of rolling her eyes and making sarcastic comments at his expense. <laughs> and it's just awesome. So Mr. Dink kind of tells him where he can find some burgers after he makes Doug watch a video about Bluffington itself. And then Doug goes to the Honker Burger, which is the place that he's told that he can find some burgers. That's where he meets his new best buddy, Skeeter Valentine, a kid with blue skin. Yeah. That was something actually really interesting about this show that I I know I mean you notice it immediately because you see these characters, you know, Roger with green skin, Skeeter with blue skin, and then Mr. Dink the, has the Dink purple. Are purple, yeah. So yeah. it's just like race isn't really a thing in this. And it's not that those colors are tied to any particular races or anything. There's no stereotypes in here. It's just everybody's different color, but everybody still fits in and no one notices these colors. So I appreciated that much about the show because it was like Race isn't an issue at yeah, all. No you, matter what color you are, you're an equal. Yeah, you kind of forget about it as you're watching it. You just completely lose sight that they're all different colors and stuff. And those aren't even the only colors. I mean, you've got like light colors. You've got like browns. There's different shades of purple and green and yellow. And just, yeah, it. you just don't even notice it after a time. And the hair is the same way. Like a kid might have purple hair. It's not supposed Mm -hmm. to be like something crazy and weird. It's just their hair and skin are just random colors, but very cool. Oh, yeah. So basically, Doug gets introduced to Roger Klotz after he accidentally spills some ketchup on Roger's shoe. Roger is, like we said, the bully. He's kind of the anti-Doug. Instead of having a nice dog that's helpful like Porkchop, Roger has a cat named Stinky, who's just as, like, evil and conniving as he is. Yeah. And you kind of get the feeling Roger's up to no good at first, but they don't really give you a whole lot of insight on him just yet. You kind of get more and more as the show goes on. Roger kind of tricks him into trying to catch an nematode, embarrasses him because it's not a real thing. 
But Doug will eventually get the last laugh. Yeah, Doug does get the last laugh in this episode. We won't spoil it, though. It's the first episode. If you're going to watch any Doug, at least watch that one. It's a great introduction to it, I think, and really a good starting point to show you the relationships between the characters. And, you know, it's something you can relate to because everyone in their life has had a Roger Glotz. I had a Roger Glotz. His name is Ryan. And he picked on me until I finally punched him in the stomach. And then somehow that earned me some respect. So there's a lesson, kids. If someone bullies you, punch them in the stomach. My current Roger Klotz is Shaddai. (laughs) (laughs) She picks on me constantly. She's your Patty and your Roger. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh. sad. (laughs) Oh, I I would mention, too, that Roger Klotz, his haircut was obviously the inspiration for Macklemore. (laughs) Oh, yeah, obviously. Uh, so let's move on to the second episode that we watched, which if we're going chronologically was Doug rocks, which was season one, episode four. But since most of the episodes were two parters, not the first one, that was a whole episode, but most episodes are two parters, 11 minute episodes. We watched part B of episode four suggested by Anderson council. And I'm glad he did. This was a really fun episode and it introduced us to a mainstay of the whole series. Really the, the band that you hear about all the time, the beats, the beats, (laughs) you get to meet the beats who are uh, obviously the name is inspired by the Beatles even has a character looks a lot like Ringo. The one song that we actually get to hear all the time is Killer Tofu. It's still an awesome song. It is an like, awesome Like, as song. ridiculous as it is, it's great. I love that song. <laughs> like, my wife and I will still randomly, like, just start singing that with, like, a Killer Tofu! Yay! Yeah. <laughs> it's just, oh, it's so fun. They're a mix of, like, the Beatles and, like, the Who. Mm-hmm. Man, they just rock. So basically, in this episode, Doug's being introduced to this band for the first time because Doug doesn't really listen to music. So he has no, there is no band that is like his band. So his buddy Skeeter is kind of going over the beats with him, having him listen to it. So he gets really into it. They find out from Roger, who has tickets to go to a concert that they didn't know about. Apparently, Roger got the last two. But then conveniently, there is a radio station that's holding a little like trivia thing. And if you get it, then you win tickets. They win the tickets, but Skidder gets grounded and they can't go. He gets grounded, but then in some crazy turn of events, he gets like reverse grounded to where he's like grounded to the right. outside. It's because he gets grounded and sent to his room, but it's. It's not the kind of grounded I got. When I got grounded, I was home in my room by myself. No one could visit. Doug gets to stay with them, Doug and Porkchop, and they are rocking out to the beats in his room since they can't go to the concert. And Skeeter's dad is just too angry. He's like, take it outside. You're ungrounded. Yeah. (laughs) So then he gets ungrounded, but it's too late for them to get to the concert. It's almost over. They end up at Honker Burger and get to have an encounter that far surpasses anything these tickets could have gotten them. Right, and it's pretty awesome. And they get away with some uh, cool Beats jackets. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I would totally sport one of those. Roger ends up seeing them like after the fact and is kind of trying to gloat, but uh, he he definitely is not in the know. But they're very so. they're very humble because they're not like yes, they are. They don't say anything about it. No, that's something I really respect about Doug is his humbleness. Such a good guy. Like I said, this was another one that I could relate to later on. Not as a kid. I didn't follow that much music as a kid. Yeah, me neither. I mean, when this started, we were, what, like, seven, eight, 
something like that. Mm -hmm. We didn't have that experience yet. That came for me. Like, I didn't even get into music to like high school, but I got into music the exact same way Doug did. A friend of mine was just kind of like, I can't believe you don't really listen to this stuff. You should check out this band. So my beats was Blink-182, and uh, <laughs> and I fell for it just like Doug did. I got so into it. We'd be, like, rocking out to Blink. And me and him, like, that inspired us to start a band together. That's what got me into the music industry um, in the first place was him introducing me to this the same way Skeeter introduced the beats to Doug. So, like I said, it's another thing that um, I look back and I'm like, man, this really means a lot to me now more than it did when I first saw it as a kid. Yeah, it resonates more with you now. Absolutely. So now let's move on to the last episode that we watched, which was the highest rated episode overall, Doug's Christmas Story, season four, episode 10. This was another full episode, but a fun one. It was kind of not really about Christmas as much as it was another yeah. strange adventure in Doug's life. It pretty much had nothing to do with Christmas. It, yeah, <laughs> like, the 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 trim was Christmas, but the rest of it, it was really only to make it so it was cold outside and snowing. Right. So what happens here is Doug and all the kids and his dog Porkchop. Porkchop is with him at all times, pretty much. He Porkchop is his little sidekick. He's like an anthropomorphic dog, though, because he walks yeah. on his back legs. And he understands humans. Like, right. And, I mean, he can bark back to them, but they won't understand it. But, you know, he might act out a situation to try to tell them what's going on, mm -hmm. which does happen in this to an extent. Oh, you know this what? Episode. Something this does, the way this relates to Christmas in at least one part is we see Porkchop's origin or how Doug actually obtained Porkchop, which was at Christmas. Oh, that's true. I completely forgot about that. Doug was a young child and when Porkchop was just a puppy. So what happens is all the kids in Porkchop are down at this lake. They're ice skating, playing hockey, stuff like that. And BB, oh, I hate BB. BB gets. I think I think I had a crush on BB when I was a kid. Oh, I hated that. Maybe girl maybe it so was much. the money. I don't know. And I still do. <laughs> so she's skating and she's skating really close to this thin ice that only Porkchop notices. Porkchop is afraid she's gonna fall in. You know she's gonna get hurt. He runs after her, grabs her by the leg to pull her away. And she thinks she's being attacked by him and everyone else around there mistakes him for attacking her because she starts screaming and she's like, ow, my leg. Like, she's kind of milking it. She's definitely not as hurt as she's leading on. No, absolutely not. But everyone just kind of assumes that Porkchop was biting her. And so this starts this whole thing in motion where... You know, Porkchop gets in trouble with Doug. Doug's mad at him, doesn't understand what happened. And then eventually the former mayor of Bluffington, who still goes by Mayor White, <laughs> basically to try to get support from the town, kind of groups people around this whole incident and says, oh, this little girl got hurt. We got to do something about it. He's trying to show his leadership to show that he's still a force in Bluffington. So he rallies everybody to go take Porkchop and take him to the pound. Poor Doug. Doug is like heartbroken. Yeah. Because they he basically comes home to them taking pork chop away. The news is there. Everybody's just smearing pork chop, <laughs> like just talking about how bad of a dog he is. Yeah, he's not only is he a bad dog, according to the pound he gets put in, he's a very <laughs> he's bad a very, dog. Very, very bad. Very, very bad dog, yeah. That's kind of the synopsis of what happens. And there's a lot of really fun stuff that happens in this episode. We get to see all three of Doug's alter egos, oh, which yeah. is really cool. Okay, um, there's Quail Man is his mm -hmm. superhero. Yeah, there's Smash Adams, who was a James Bond 007 counterpart. And I can't remember the Indiana Jones one's name. Race Canyon. 
Oh, so Race Canyon is the Race Bannon, Indiana Jones counterpart. So Doug essentially in this episode has all his split personalities meet up together and concoct a plan to free Porkchop from his prison. And basically he comes to the conclusion that to pull this off, he pretty much just has to be himself. The other three aren't going to be able to help him this time, his little alter egos. Mm -hmm. So Doug decides, you know, he's got to hatch a plan that he can execute himself. He goes to, I can't remember the names, but there are these two twins that are really like nerdy guys that are constantly like inventing things and kind of getting into trouble. Oh, yeah. They're making weapons like. Yeah, they're making weapons in their basement and (laughs) disguising them in cupcakes. So Doug gets a smoke bomb from them. Because that was the only... That was the safe... The only thing that wouldn't cause destruction. Yeah, the only thing that wouldn't hurt somebody. <laughs> so I told you, I, I like the music in this show, but my favorite theme, like every, each character kind of has their own theme that plays when they're around. Like Patty does, Mr. Dink does, Judy, his sister does, mm-hmm. Roger does. But these two, these these twins is my absolute favorite. It is so cool. It's just so weird. It's just awesome. I love it. And it's all done with, like, you can tell it's done with people's, like, mouths and voices and stuff like that. Like, they're making the noises themselves. It's something I didn't catch when I was a kid, but I'm like, man, that was awesome. Yeah, like, that's I'm so glad that they did that. That's something really good to point out is this the whole, like, score of this show, the majority of it is just mouth noises. Yeah. Primarily, like you said, by Fred Newman, but... The other characters add their own voices in when necessary. The intro I love. Like, I just love the intro sound. I I need to put that as a ringtone or something. (laughs) Now, this is one episode that I could sympathize with as a kid because I had a dog, too. And I was kind of a lonely kid. I I would consider when I was watching this when I'm seven, eight, it's around the time I got my dog. And I I would have considered her at the time probably my best friend or one of my best friends. I was always with my dog. So when I was a kid, this was hard for me to watch because the thought of the dog being taken away from him and him being just about powerless to do anything because it's the adults that are saying that this dog has to go. You're never going to see it again. Like that made me so anxious as a kid that I had a hard time watching this episode. Whereas Doug Rocks, the one we just talked about before this, was probably my favorite episode. This was probably my least favorite episode because it gave me so much anxiety to watch. This whole show is like a roller coaster of emotions and they vary from episode to episode. Something that Jim Jenkins really wanted to emphasize on was that a lesson be taken from each episode. That was something he stressed to his writers that Doug needs to learn something. The audience needs to learn something. And they did it well. I really love the way they did it. Something I was thinking about. Have you ever seen the movie Big Fish? Yes, that's one of my favorites. What if... This is somebody else reading Doug's journal and Doug as a child has written it in such an embellished way because this is through the eyes of a imaginative child. Like, let's say this is real life, but we're seeing it like this because Doug has exaggerated quite a bit in his journal just to emphasize certain plot points since Porkchop is his best friend. Even if he's just a regular dog, like he gives him more of a personality All these people have various colors. I don't know. It was just something I was thinking about. That makes a lot of sense. That's a really interesting way to think about the show. You're right, because he is writing everything, so it's very possible. Yeah. Like, um, I mean, I'm I'm sure that not Jim Jenkins' intention, but it's very possible to take that point of view where it's somebody else interpreting what's written in his journal and imagining Doug going through it. Exactly. Or it's an older Doug, like, retelling his childhood to, like, his children or grandchildren or something from his own journal. I just thought that was a fun idea. It's a very cool idea. 
One part that made me crack up in this was at one part where Doug infiltrates the pound trying to find pork chop and he looks through the door for very bad dogs and there's a dog in there just smoking a cigarette. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was really funny. Yeah, you know what? The humor in this show is like really subdued. It's not like laugh out loud, falling down and a lot of pranks yeah. going on. Like it's real chill. Like it's a real chill show. Right. I agree. I agree with that completely. Um, one thing that surprised me was that the audio quality of this show was way better than I expected. It was a lot more clearer, especially the voices. They were way more clear than a lot of other shows from this time. So that was something that really, really stood out to me. Whereas the animation was probably part of the course as far as the clarity of the visuals and everything like that. Pretty standard, but the audio quality was really, really, really good. One criticism I do have of the show, because the same voice actors did so many of the characters, I didn't notice it as a kid, but as an adult, I'm hearing the similarities between so many of the characters, and it started to get on my nerves a little bit, because mm. I'm like, man, I, I can now tell that Doug and Roger are the same person, and I just heard this random person speak, and that's definitely Billy West again, too. Not something I would say that should affect your opinion of the show, it was just one of those things that I didn't notice as a kid that I did notice now. And I was like, oh, well, that's all right, I guess. Yeah, because it's basically Doug arguing with himself. Yeah, pretty much. He's a great voice actor. Like, I don't want anyone to think I don't think he's good at his craft. It was just that the voices were very similar in this to the point where now I'm like, oh, man, yeah, that's I can definitely tell each time he does one. Yeah, no, I don't. I know what you mean, because it's even there's even a specific spot. I think it's in the Christmas episode where a guy does sound kind of like Doug, it's the judge. Yeah, the yeah, judge exactly. in the courtroom is yep. definitely him. And that, I was thinking the exact same thing. I didn't even look it up. It's just as soon as he talked, I was like, that's definitely Billy West. Yeah, you just know it. But it, like you said, it's not that big a deal, but it is something yeah. that you notice probably more as an adult. So let's pull out our inner kids and see if Billy West playing multiple characters bothered them as much as it did you, Chris. All right. Uh, get out of here, little mister. Um, I, I really didn't notice, but now that you mention it, Kind of burst my bubble there for a minute. But I like this show. Doug is just like me. And he has a dog. And I would want to play with Porkchop all day. And me and Skeeter. And we can listen to the beats. But not with any girls. Because I don't really like them yet. And I don't like Patty or BB. And I want to punch Roger in the face. But he'll probably beat me up. But that's okay. Because every time I get beat up. My mom and dad let me pick where we can get dinner. And I want to go to the Honker Burger. So I give this show. Five bowls of cereal. Out of five. Joseph, you talk now. I'm going to go look for nematodes. All right. Good luck. So my love for the misadventures of this imaginative yet flawed every kid has always been strong and was definitely not diminished by this brief revisit. Doug's journal journey consists of common, everyday dilemmas that we all deal with to some degree, in turn aiming to teach valuable life lessons. Not only that, but they are not always resolved as expected, much like most of life's ordeals, making the titular character's issues all the more relatable. I would give the Nickelodeon version of this show five big honker burgers out of five, and I also consider Douglas Yancey funny my spirit animal. All right, well said, little guys. I don't think they cared as much about the voices as you did. They didn't seem to care too much, yeah. <laughs> I guess that's a good thing, though. One thing that I just want to emphasize, and I said it already, was that if you haven't seen this show since you were a kid, you should go back and watch it. Because, like me, I feel like anyone is going to relate to this show more now, now that they've had those experiences, than they did back then. Like I said, back then, I, I saw the show, I didn't appreciate it as much, but now that I've had all the experiences, I have a lot more fondness for it. I mean, I was Doug. 
Doug was me. I, I was that in-betweener in school, just like him. I wasn't in the biggest loser pile. I wasn't popular. I was somewhere in between. I didn't have a really specifically cool thing about me. I'm just kind of there. And you've got your group of friends. All of you just, you don't fit in anywhere else. You're kind of your own little group, just like Doug and Skeeter and Porkchop. Fantastic cartoon, great nostalgia, and like I said, it just, it means so much more to me now than before. I can't emphasize that enough. So definitely check this out again. Yeah, I was absolutely stoked to watch Doug again and see how it held up, and man, I'm really surprised it did. Like, I was worried at first that the pacing was going to be too slow, because it kind of starts out pretty slow, but then I realized it wasn't as slow so much as it was just really chill and kind of hip, actually. Like, I, I really dug it. I can easily see why I liked it as a kid. I mean, I still do after all these years and kind of want to cosplay Doug now. I think I could find a green sweater or something. Yeah, I actually was Quail Man a couple years ago for Halloween. Oh, really? <laughs> nice. Well, you beat me to the punch. Sucker. I know. But thank you for the suggestion, Anderson Council. That was an awesome show to watch again. I agree. Thank you very much. Well, listeners, it looks like our milk supply has now run dry. So it's time for us to say goodbye. And next week, we'll be watching... Bob's Burgers, submitted by Funk Radio Podcast at Get Your Funk on SoundCloud. And once again, I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris, or Pickles. He, I'm Pickles. He means Pickles. Uh. <laughs> and Pickles and I will see you next Saturday. Thanks everyone for listening. If you like what you heard, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Definitely reach out and let us know what cartoon you'd like us to cover, along with some of your favorite episodes so we can feature them on our show. You can make a request, see the current request list, or speak with the show host by visiting the Cartoon Boom subreddit. You can also connect with our network by visiting nerdsloth.com or searching for Nerdsloth on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. See you next Saturday!